From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we fall back into wins. We start with the Browns' dominant win over Arizona, then talk Cavs' dominant win over the Warriors. On the road, we look at big NFL Week 9 wins, the Buckeyes' um, convincing win, and who's really winning with Taylor Swift. Off the field, we check in on the Screen Actors Guild strike, reruns, and what new shows are coming to your TV this month. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Danko and Chuck Rambaldo, are here. Fellas, where do you fall on falling back? I enjoy gaining an extra hour in my weekend. Um, I do not enjoy the sun setting at 2.30 in the afternoon or whatever time it got dark today. I've had it. Just like Tom Burke, I've had it with this... this uh, <laughs> time saving sunlight saving daylight savings time thing i've had it i used to like it because you'd get the extra hour of sleep but now with two young children their internal clocks don't fall back no, no, so don't. uh today was today was a little emotional around the Rambaldo house <laughs> <laughs> i used to be all for it and now i just kind of think it's stupid i don't understand why we're still doing this you know, I, I do enjoy like really long summer days, but, you know, we're so far west in the eastern time zone that it doesn't get dark here until after 10 o'clock in the summer. Like, I don't need that. Roll back an hour. <laughs> Start to get dark around like 930. I'll be fine. It's like the perfect time to go to bed. I'm over this. Let's just stick with this time for the rest of the time and not See, do I, this. I disagree now. now. I want to stick with the other time because I like that it stays light where I live until nine o'clock in the summer. And if we stick with this time, it'll get dark at eight. That'll suck. Well, th this is why there's no progress in our country's divide. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> we need Let's Chuck get to break the time. <laughs> no. Nope. Let's get rolling. We are going to start at home. We will start with skid marks, our weekly look at the brown and orange road to the Super Bowl. The Browns and Deshaun Watson were back in business, and business was good. Browns came home, beat up a bad Arizona Cardinals team, and rolled to a 27-0 win. Browns are now 5-3, and three, tied with the impossible Steelers, and maybe the Bengals. After tonight, they're up 14-7 on Sunday Night Football. Those teams likely will be tied together for second place in the AFC North. So, Give me your 60, your 60-second take on today's win. Well, the Browns uh, did what they were supposed to do against the worst team in football, and it feels like passing game is still a work in progress. But you saw some actual signs of life, seeing him step up in the pocket, reset his feet on some of the throw, deep throws, which he wasn't doing earlier this year. Um, as the game went on, it was encouraging. I thought Stefanski again was pretty fantastic overall, totally dominant on defense. Those stats are insane. Uh, but again, if this is one of the best defenses in football, this is what they should do against a terrible team, but still seven sacks and the turnovers. And my one-year-old crawled farther today than the Cardinals <laughs> offense moved the ball. Um, the TV color guy, Archuleta, I think, he said it kind of best. And in, 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 he said every start feels like his first start uh, in regards to Deshaun Watson. And, and I think that's really true. Yeah. So let's see how his first start is next week against Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going to echo some of those same points. I mean, the defense absolutely dominated this game, which in hindsight, I think I, I was a little hesitant to, to trot 
a not 100% Deshaun Watson out there. I think this MIR, like, right, we can beat the Cardinals anyway. But I think in looking at it now, like the margin for error in this game was so large because our defense just dominated this terrible team that maybe it's better to get him out there to have him work through some of this stuff, yeah. especially as the game went on and you saw like, all right, that, that shoulder wasn't bugging him. It, his, his bad throws weren't because his shoulder hurt. He, cause he made some amazing throws throughout that game. Like to, the two to Cooper right in his hands. Yeah. Like that was a good placement, good velocity. And they were deep throws. So, so his bad throws are just cause he sucks. <laughs> I don't know if yes. that makes me feel any better. <laughs> no, not because he sucks because of to Chuck's point and Archuleta's point. It's like, he's restarting his season every time he goes out there like we need to get some reps under yeah under his belt and and that's what today's game provided because the defense the front four were creating havoc all game i don't know that the browns dialed up a blitz really and they didn't have to you know yeah there were seven sacks in that game six and a half of them came from defensive linemen (laughs) that was fantastic three turnovers i think the cardinals converted one third down again you know this is like the jv team out there and Chuck's right. The Browns did what they had to do. Go out there. It's a good, it's a it's a good game to kind of get back, right? Get back to your defensive dominance. Get this offense moving with your starting quarterback. The best part of this was how boring it was. Because we so very rarely get to see Browns games that don't have us like ready for a heart attack in the last seven or eight minutes of the game. Uh, but by the time the Browns were up 10, it felt like it was over. Since 2013, there have been three times that the Browns won by more than 20 points in a game. And Pat Shermer was the coach for one of them. (laughs) So we don't get to see this team blow people out much, and that made for a kind of a nice, relaxing afternoon. I like that. The worst part uh, is hopefully what we saw was the offense kind of working through the growing pains of Watson getting back. Uh, He looked bad, really inaccurate for most of the day. Had a few nice throws. Did enough to get him up and down the field and get him some points when the defense set him up really well most of the time. But he didn't look great, and they didn't run the ball as effectively as they have lately. Like They were averaging like more than 150 yards on the ground a game like the last three weeks coming in. So they didn't get that part done. So it kind of sucks that they, they maybe take a step back in some of those things, but hopefully that's just working things out with Watson getting back in. But like you guys said, this is what a good team is supposed to do to a bad team beat the hell out of them, and build momentum for next week. So go Browns, good win. Who's your MVB, your most valuable Brown for this week? Well, I had two two lines written down. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i go with Amari Cooper because uh, that guy, he had a game today. I think he was targeted five times, caught all five passes. He was, um, and I'm sure it's because of his his precise route running. <laughs> he, was, he was so... I mean, actually, right spot aside, on that helmet play. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Like he wasn't actually he was open by NFL standards, but he wasn't wide open on any of, of his catches. I mean, the ball was put right where it had to be. He made the catch. Um, and yeah. And then finally, the uh, the face mask pass goes our way and he he gets a touchdown out of it, too. So I think he had 139 yards of receiving and a touchdown. Yeah. That's that's good to see out of wide receiver one. We need more of that. I assume I'm going to take Phil's second line. Um, it's more more of a group. I'm, I would say the D line and the linebackers together. That's it. That was it. Absolutely dominant. There, there's not much you could say other than even like the backup linebackers looked really fast today. Like it looked so fast today, and maybe because they're playing an inferior opponent. But that kind of push that, and it's not like they're calling Miles Garrett's name out all game. It was everyone on that defensive line played great. So I'd give it to both those units. Well, you guys took. 
both of mine. I was going to give it to the defensive line. Seven sacks, 14 total tackles, and seven quarterback hits from the defensive line today. That's absurd. But if you took him, Chucky, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with Grant Delpit. He had 10 tackles today, and all of them, as usual, seemed important. Um, Some of them were for loss. I mean, he just – that guy has been – uh, the most consistent player on the defense, I think, all season long. Uh, maybe even more consistent, although not as impactful as Miles Garrett, uh, but maybe more consistent in what he what he can do each and every week he, he steps out there. So another really great game by Delpit. Let's keep the good times rolling. Anybody win a Browns bet today? Ooh, I did. I did. I yeah, did. Right. Uh, I took... Deshaun Watson over one and a half touchdowns plus 180, even though the helmet really uh, was one of the touchdowns, (laughs) it still paid out. I didn't want to take the bet, but I was like, I got to believe in this dude at some point, I guess. And this is the game to do it. He can get two touchdowns. Uh, So, yeah, I I am now on a heater. I think I've won three weeks in a row. Man, that's a lot of gerbucks. I also won. And, um, this bet's ridiculous. I couldn't even believe the line on it when I saw it. I was like, I'd be stupid not to put 10,000 Gerbucks on this bet. It was uh, Kareem Hunt, touchdown. David Njoku, touchdown. Both of those things occurred. Plus 750. Oh, wow. Holy cow. Jeez, yes. Man. Hell yeah. Although I will say it came right down to the end because Hunt it sure did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, Plus 750. I'll, I'll roll with those odds every week on that. On that. Yeah. Well, I was super excited, but I think Danko steals my thunder. I went Brown's money line, Grant Delpit plus three and a half tackles, and Njoku to score. And that nice. was plus 525. Nice. Um, and that hit, and that was that was big, man. That's 52,000 Gerbucks <laughs> headed back into my pocket, man, and I could really use them. Winners all around in a Cleveland winning weekend. This is fantastic. Good. Now, next week will eventually come. Uh, the Browns are traveling for a big one in Baltimore against the first place Ravens. Miller and I picked them to win. Everybody else picked the Browns to lose. Any interest in changing your pick? No, Baltimore's rolling, man. We're going to hit them at home at the wrong time. They are absolutely rolling on both sides of the ball. I'm with Phil here. They're playing the, they seem like they're getting better every week and all of a sudden might be the best or one of the best teams in the AFC. So no, I'm not changing it. I'm going to go ahead and change my pick. Cause I think you're right. Like it's Baltimore looks too good right now. They're healthy. They're running the ball like crazy. They still have a good defense and they've still got a great quarterback. Like, and they've got a really good coach and this feels like it's going to be a tough one next week i don't see maybe how the browns pull it out so if there is a plan or you know a scenario for the browns to win that game next week what do you think it is this is going to be tough for for our highly touted defense you got to shut down you got to shut down the running attack i think they ran for like 300 yards today in their in their yeah. or something stupid yeah. so you got to shut down the running attack all at the same time keeping an eye or multiple eyes on lamar jackson right like that the Browns struggle against good rushing teams, even this good defense does or has recently. So I think if they can turn that around and you keep it close, then all right, keep, keep it close. You're on the road, keep it close, and let our let our future Hall of Fame kicker win the game for us. There you go. 
<laughs> you missed one today. I don't know about know. first ballot. Get that, that out of your system. Get that out of your system. Looking at the first time they played them, I thought they worried too much about Lamar Jackson running. Uh, and that was kind of their downfall is that he kind of beat them with their arm, which is rare for him, but he made some really good throws. For them to win the game, I would say like they have to knock Lamar Jackson out of it. But then they do that a few years ago and they still yeah. lost the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Stefanski needs to stay on his role of calling really good games. The defense has to be almost everything has to go right for them to win this game. Uh, is it possible? Yeah. Uh, if the defense keeps them in every game like they have for most of the season, there's a chance. But then it's going to fall on an offense that seems sometimes out of sync against really good teams. So I, I don't know the, the right way to say how they win. Just good luck. <laughs> I think maybe the scenario is the defense is good enough to keep the Ravens around 20 to 25 points. And Stefanski has the perfect plan on offense. Like we've seen him call some good games lately. Can he take the pieces he has on this offense with a week together this week and in a, in a week of practice and put together a game plan that helps them be successful enough to get over like 25 points? That's probably the way they beat the Ravens. But man, that's tough. That's tough to go on the road and have to do that is it's going to be a tall order for our Browns. But hey, for tonight, at least we have a win. We are in a white satin jacket winning Sunday <laughs> night. All things are good with the Browns. We're going to move on. We're going to talk a sip of wine and gold. Our weekly Cavs recap injury riddled, but coming back. The Cavs split their two game series with the Knicks to start the week. They then moved on to Indiana, where a big comeback came up just short on Friday night. They closed the week back in the land by outworking, out-hustling, and out-biggiging, biggiging the Warriors <laughs> in a 115-104 beatdown. Disregard the entire week. What did you love the most about the win today against the Warriors? Uh, all five starters in double digits. I appreciate that, Squirrely Dan. <laughs> it seems like the week, I think we all said two and two is going to be a great week, and this is a great week. They got their starting five back Friday night, so you know it's going to take a little bit of time, but I liked the intensity. I liked how they pushed the ball. I liked the pace because it seems like that pace had slowed down from the first the first couple of games where they were going to push, and all of a sudden, again, now it seems like they're, they're running a little bit more. Uh, I enjoyed the grit again today a little bit more i think like this was a really gritty team and you started to see that happen friday in the second half like when they started to, to, to play really great defense was their calling card last year i don't know if it'll be this year but today it just seemed like everything worked because you know they're my you know the warriors are my favorite nba team i love that team yeah. so much and for them to get their first win since 2016 against them i'm pretty happy it's my favorite one of the year in the young season what I like best about tonight's win, and this might be petty, is who we beat. <laughs> it's yeah. the fact that they beat the Warriors and a Warriors team that came in with some swagger, five and one. They hadn't lost on the road yet. Like, here we go. We're championship Warriors again. Last year was, was not the case on the road, right? They were terrible on the road, I think, last year. To come in there and just get... As you mentioned, Gerbs, like outworked and out hustled. That's what I like to see. That's a team. The Warriors, team, uh, the, the Cavs were up double digits for most of the second half, but the Warriors can close that exactly that deficit in like yeah. a second, right? And they never did because the Cavs' defense was just all over the place, forcing turnovers and 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 just keeping that that 
intense defense up and and then the shot making on the offensive side was good, but there were a lot of putbacks too at the end. It was just, it was high intensity really against a team that, like we've said in the past, you, you hate to see it, right? You hate to see a team like the Warriors go down to the up and coming Cleveland Cavaliers. I just loved the intensity on defense and the ball movement and just the player movement on offense. I don't know if this pace of play thing is necessarily just like getting up and down the court. I guess I don't mind like if you take a little bit longer to get a good shot, if you're whipping the ball all over the court and the guys are all moving and you're creating gaps and you're creating mismatches and stuff that way. They did a great job of it in the first quarter, first half of the game, lost it a little bit and got it back at the end. And that's so much fun to watch. And they just need to make more of the open shots um, and, and they'll be fine. But it's fun to beat the Warriors. And there's a reason why. It's because they've been there and this young Cavs team hasn't. And so it's fun to beat that team. So I, I really enjoyed that win. Cavs are three and four on the season. They have used about six different starting lineups because of injury. Every team they've played so far is probably going to be a playoff team. Uh, and so they have had some struggles, but it seems like maybe they, they're starting to right the ship with a win like today. Are you concerned about the Cavs, happy about the Cavs, or it's way too soon to decide? Well, I am happy about the Cavs, but I do think it's way too soon to decide. I, I think we've had two games in a row now where our starting five actually took the floor. Um, and you saw it even in the Pacers game, even though that ended up being a loss. Like They had to work through some shit with those five guys on the floor, and then they got it rolling, and it looked really good at times. Like, okay, all right, we've got our spacing where we want it. We know who's the scoring who's scoring and, and those kind of things. We talked about this a lot last year and, and even the year before where they get five to seven guys in double figures and they're, they're in or winning every game. And you start, you started to see that on Friday, even with that loss and then the win today. So I think it's too early because it's so early in the season, but I do like our starting five with Struess as that fifth guy, what this team, what their potential is. I would like to see us not have to rely on Donovan Mitchell to score over 30 points a game to get a win. It's going to be tough, man, because then we score almost 30 every game this, mm -hmm. this week. <laughs> every one of our wins. Every one of our wins so far this season. Uh, I'm with Phil here. There's certain things I like that I'm seeing, but it's still very early. I would love if Donovan Mitchell scores 30 every game because that means he's a, a an MVP candidate and, and an all-star. I'd like to see him and Garland work better to get still. We're like a year and a half into this. I'd, yeah. I'd like to see them work better together on the court. And I love the starting five are healthy, but I, I, I'd like to see the starting five and then Okoro healthy coming off because I love what he's done early on this year. I even like today seeing meaningful minutes from Trist Tristan Thompson. I was yeah. like, hey, man, he looks All right week, up man. there. Yeah, he yeah. looks pretty good. Uh, so maybe there's certain things I like, like the bench is deeper, but it's to me, it's it's so early and this is a rough stretch. And for them to come out at least this week, 500 against playoff teams, they're moving in the right direction. I would say if they have a bad week this week and next week, that I'm going to be a, a completely different story. So <laughs> two games together as a starting five. I like what I saw for at least one full game and a half game uh, against the Pacers. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I, I think I was on the concerned, but it's still early thing until the second half of the Pacers game in the game tonight. Like then all of a sudden you'd say, all right, here's what these guys can really do. This is what the true potential of the team is. If I have any concerns, it's that concern that Mobley is not developing the way that we hoped he would. He's a double-double machine. He's already got four this year. 
uh, and there's only been seven games, so that's pretty cool. But there's a lot of 12.10 rebound games, which is a nice stat line for lots of players. Um, that's not what we expect that guy to do. And to take the burden off of Mitchell, like he just needs to become an offensive threat. He needs to be a threat to put up 20 a night at least. And it, it doesn't look like he's doing anything different than he was last year. Uh, maybe a little bit more aggressive, but still not still not knocking down shots maybe on his own the way you want him to. Great at taking an alley-oop. Absolutely awesome at doing that. That, that would be about the only thing I'm a little concerned about, but we'll see. Still awfully early in the year. Next week, Cavs start a West Coast vacation with a game on Wednesday in Oklahoma City, followed by a Saturday night showdown with the Warriors in the Bay Area. Do you think, with this crappy schedule, the Cavs can win another against the Warriors next Saturday night? No. <laughs> I, I don't. How many games do they play next week? On this, just what? just two, two. Just two. So they played four this week. They yeah. had like yeah, two right? back to backs, and then they and they come back and they're like playing two games next week. They're just napping for the next two days. Yeah, I think they're taking uh, a train out there or something. That's why they've given them all this time. <laughs> they're not they're not wedging any in season tournament games in there that we don't no. know about. No, um, probably not. No, I I feel like this is a one and one trip, and we probably lose to Golden State on the road i mean maybe they can because i i assume golden state hopefully they have more than two games this week <laughs> they, those guys are older and you you guys we, we talked about before like they looked a little bit older today so yeah if they have like three four games leading into that the Cavs got a shot if they're again if this team's going to play well with that starting five and they're going to get help off their bench they can beat golden state in golden state wherever they play in the golden state where do they play in the golden state area is They're it, in San Francisco uh, now. Francisco. They moved to a new arena. They're yeah. not in Oakland anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it's possible. I think it's definitely possible. That Warriors team did not look scary tonight. They looked older. They can't play defense against anybody. Oh, I can't believe I forgot the guy's name. Who's, who's? It's not Curry. It's the other Splash brother. Clay Thompson. Clay yeah. Thompson. Yeah. Clay Thompson can't guard anybody anymore. Chris Mullen. And, and <laughs> he was a defensive genius. <laughs> Who oh, Richardson? All right. Who Richardson? On that note, I think the Cavs will win next Saturday night. Go Cavs. I'm going to end this now before it gets out of hand. Why don't we take our first break? We're going to come back, talk some NFL and some other stuff. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. Let's head out on the road and let's start with some NFL storylines from this week. What was the best bad game of the day? Houston Texans beat the Buccaneers on C.J. Stroud's touchdown pass with six seconds left after Baker had taken the Buccaneers down for the game you thought winning touchdown just before that. Or Josh Dobbs leading the Vikings on a game-winning drive against the Falcons when he had only been on the team for four days. Which one of those was the best bad game of the day? I thought the actual Texans Bucks. If you asked me, like, what was the best and most entertaining game of the week? It was that one because I, I was watching it after the Browns game. It, I switched over to it, and it felt awful Brownsy. Like they drove down the field, like <laughs> they're going to get this win, man. Like Baker made a great throw. This is great, and CJ Stroud's the real deal, man. Like, uh, so if it's the best bad game, I'm going to go with Josh Dobbs. I don't, 
I don't understand in any professional football league how a guy who's only been there for like 12 hours can somehow lead a team to victory. But good for that guy. Like that guy, I don't think he should have stayed here. I'm glad they they tried to get him back, apparently. The Browns did, and it didn't work out. So, yeah. Uh, But for him to go into Minnesota, thought they were toasty after Kirk Cousins got hurt, and and they still have a pretty good record. So that's that's a huge win. I saw some video, too, afterwards in the locker room. Their coach is a lot more charismatic than Kevin Stefanski in a locker room. What? Yes. What? Uh, But they they, they gave Dobbs the game ball. Now you've gone too far. I know. They gave Dobbs the game ball. They put him up on his shoulders. I'm like, that guy deserves that moment for on his third team in like four weeks to get a victory somehow. Yeah. I mean, as far as the best bad game goes, I, I think it is the, the Josh Dobbs Vikings win over the the Falcons. Um, the Vikings are, they're squarely in it. And, and jo- yeah, Dobbs doesn't yeah, even, that- I don't think he can't know anyone's names yet. Right. Like he just got the time <laughs> and he led them to a win. So that was the best bad game. Cause I agree with Chuck. I think, I think the Tampa Houston game was a good game. Like that was fun. That was, that was entertaining. That was fun to see, but I get it. Like it's bad, bad teams playing in the game. Right. right. Um, yeah. I don't know what the Falcons are. I mean, was it Heineke started yeah, for them today? Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, yeah. But still, to have a guy who is on his third team since the season started go in there and lead them to a victory, you know, we don't see that. That doesn't happen in Cleveland. So good for Josh Dobbs. That was a good, bad game. Yeah, maybe this wasn't titled properly because I thought for sure uh, the best bad game of the day was Texans beating the Buccaneers. Like that game, not even just at the very end, that was a pretty close game from beginning to end and it it was kind of tracking it on like the red zone channel while I was watching the Browns. And so you're seeing some highlights and stuff like that. And both teams played pretty well. Uh, Stroud is absolutely an up and coming quarterback and a good young player. And I think the Texans ought to be thrilled to have that guy on their roster. Yeah. The Vikings actually might still be pretty good. So they may not even be a bad team playing in a bad game. But uh, I, I could tell you what, compared to last week, there were a lot of really good games this week. And the bad games that were really bad were like the Raiders and the Giants, which was just a bloodbath. That yeah. game was terrible. Yeah. So these were our two bad ones. Let's talk about something good. Best and most important good game win of the day. Chiefs winning a defensive struggle over the Dolphins in Germany or the Eagles holding on to the bitter end to beat the Cowboys late this afternoon. That's tough. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll go with the Chiefs over the the Dolphins just because the the Eagles Cowboys things like a bitter bitter rivalry, and it can go either way sometimes. But even though that game took place in Germany, I like waking up and I know a football game is on at nine something in the morning oh, yeah. with two yeah. really good teams. I think we talk about how I still believe in the Chiefs the past couple of weeks. And to see them beat a, a Dolphins team that I think is really good, but then you see after the game, like they're six and zero against teams with losing records and zero and three against teams with winning records. Maybe they're not as good as me and Phil think. Still, uh, I liked that game because it, to me, I think that's who we both had as the AFC Championship game. So uh, you're getting that a little early. I'll go with the Eagles win over Dallas because they're in the same division. And and if Dallas would have won that game they would have been in like a virtual tie for first place or pretty close to it. Like maybe a game separates them, but Dallas would get the tiebreaker then going the rest of the season. I don't know. That was a good, good game. Uh, came down to the last second and and Dallas yeah. could have won it. Dallas could have won it and just came up short uh, with that last pass. But so that, that game I think was probably the most important one. I think the chiefs and the dolphins, 
I was excited like Chuck, like, all right, finally a good game at nine 30 in the morning next week. It goes right back to shit, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> finally, like I was all excited this morning. I'm like, all right, we're going to get up and watch this game again, preview of the AFC championship game. But I, I don't, I don't know that I learned anything from that game. I don't know that the, the chiefs and the dolphins right now, they're not as, they're not playing as well as the Ravens. So I think that Cowboys Eagles game goes a little further in the standings the rest of the season. Both really important wins, but I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards the Eagles too, just because of the overall NFC. Like they're now, I think they've only lost one game. Were they seven and one now? Eight and one, and, yeah. Eight and one now? The, I know the Lions are, I think, six and two. All of the other division leaders are like four and four or four and three or something like that. So I mean, it's, they're starting to develop like a stranglehold on home field advantage in the NFC already. If I'm the Eagles, I'm not sweating the Lions. Like, I know like, the Lions are going to have a good record. They're going to win that division. They're going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to win enough games to, to challenge you for the one seed and to beat a division rival and to kind of further extend what they may hold as control of home field advantage through the playoffs already, you know, barely a halfway point of the season. And they're already got that kind of, you know, got an advantage on that. Uh, that's pretty impressive, man. That's a pretty big win. Moving to the other side of the coin Raiders canned Josh McDaniels and their GM this week. Are you surprised that McDaniels did not outlast Mark Davis's barber? <laughs> Good God. Uh, didn't he dress up like Mark Davis and that got it, got him fired? I think that was, fake that's news, the but. rumor. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the rumor. Right. Yeah. And he fired him with a uh, fortune cookie. That would be, yeah. that would be, that's oh, a hell man, of a that story. Is, <laughs> that is fantastic, man. That's like, that's, that's a movie line right there. That's pretty good. He might just need to be a, a an OC kind of guy, right? Like that, that could be, or maybe he just needs to, um, be next to Tom Brady. I don't know. I guess that remains to be seen yeah. too. Cause Tom Brady's not coming back anytime soon. He's still with the Raiders, by the way, just in case you were wondering. Tom Brady is part owner, I think. Yeah. So I, I'm not surprised. The bad week for Carroll guys, him and Ziggler, both the GM, both Carroll guys yeah. graduated the same year as me. But when you got something that works, like Mark Davis's haircut, obviously <laughs> you take the inspiration from Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber and you can still pull it off in 2023. Classics never die. Uh, but trendy offensive coordinators who get their second shot as head coaches do, obviously. So I like the haircut. It has staying power. Uh, the power of money. You can look however you want. You can even look like Lloyd if that's what you're going for. <laughs> yes. I guess I'm surprised that he got canned halfway through the season, but that team looked like it was going the wrong direction. And I think his record with the Raiders is worse than his record was with the Broncos. And you would have thought like, okay, that first run, he was pretty young. That might explain those results. But to do it even worse now with more experience and like kind of handpicking where he wanted to land. Because he, well, a few times he almost got hired away from the Patriots uh, the second time around. And uh, that was ugly. Uh, and then the Raiders go ahead and they go out and they win by like 30 today. <laughs> yep. Yep. See you later, Josh. All right. <laughs> Let's talk a little AFC North. Steelers, what the fuck? <laughs> Bengals, fuck. <laughs> Ravens, oh fuck. <laughs> what are your fucking thoughts on the AFC North right now? The Browns need to find five or six more wins the rest of the year to get a wild card spot. That's my thoughts right now. Just just based on how things feel right now, because the Ravens seem to be getting better as we mentioned earlier with each passing week, and I I have to think Pittsburgh regresses a bit just just for the the players they put on the field like all right 
they're already out kicking the coverage with five wins at this point. Maybe they end up with eight or nine wins, and that's still a really good year for them, given who they're trotting out there. The Bengals worry me because maybe the Browns end up with 10 wins and the Bengals have 11 and the Ravens have 12. That would be a problem. It's it's what we thought it might be coming into the season, right? Like this is a, we're jammed up and it's four record wise anyway, four really good teams all in one division. I don't know what happened, but some sort of weird belt just got put on Jamar Chase after he hit the field really hard. So oh, yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to, He's going to miss any time or something. It was a pretty nasty fall he just took. So we'll see how Cincinnati bounces back from that. But I like how you were trying to wire this segment with the the different in town, <laughs> the different takes on fuck, fuck. It's a tough division. Fuck, I thought they would trade off wins. The Browns need to now because they have lost yeah. to the Ravens and the Steelers. I'm with Phil here. I, I, I think it, the Steelers have to lose games. They can't keep this up where they're getting outscored and somehow they still win the game. The thing that scares me the most is the way Joe Burrow was throwing the ball, at least when I was watching in the first half. It yeah. is gorgeous. Like he is one of the best quarterbacks I think I've ever seen the way he delivers the football. Uh, so it's it's right now the best division in football. We're almost halfway or we are halfway through the season. And fuck. That's how I would put it. <laughs> I love how you said the Steelers have to start losing because they keep getting <laughs> outscored every well, they game. Get, well, which I mean, of course every, is not yes, right, I, which yes. of course is not happening, but actually it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent right? yeah. I do feel like they're getting outscored, but somehow they're still getting wins. It's wild. <laughs> I think the hard part right now is trying to pick a team that you're you're most afraid of if you're the Browns. Is it the Ravens or the Bengals? Because they both are starting to play so well. I, I agree with you guys. Like the, the Steelers have to regress back to the mean. Like they just they can't keep getting outgained in every game and winning more than half of them. Like that's just it doesn't happen in the NFL. It's gonna catch up with them eventually, and hopefully it starts real soon. But man, the Bengals now that they're healthy look really good. The defense looks outstanding tonight, and the Ravens look tough too. And it's hard to decide, like, okay, which of these do I least want to play and which do I think is going to be the biggest challenge for the Browns to do better than to make the playoffs. This division is awesome. Um, It is what we thought it was going to be before the year started, and then we thought maybe it wasn't because the teams got off to a slow start, and now we're back to, like, oh, shit, there's a bunch of good teams in this division. Oh, fuck. AFC North. All right, Week Ten, non-Browns game. What are you, what game are you looking forward to on next week's schedule that does not include our beloved Cleveland Browns? It's actually the Texans and the Bengals. The Bengals, if they win tonight, they're healthy. They look great. The Texans, who I think are becoming a young, good football team, and I'm hoping that it becomes like their <laughs> cornerstone, keystone win against the Bengals. But I'd like to see them play what I think is a really good team and, and play well against them because the Texans looked great today. So uh, that's the game I'm looking most forward to outside of the Browns and Raven game. I had that game on my list too. And I had the second one I had was the uh, 49ers at, at Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, me too. All right. Hey, we should be friends. <laughs> yeah. um, the, uh, the 49ers at Jacksonville for a couple of reasons. One, I want to see is Jacksonville for real. Uh, is Jacksonville, they're six and two, one of the better teams in the conference right now. Are they for real? And can San Fran unfuck themselves <laughs> since losing to the Browns? Cause this would yeah. be four losses yeah. in a row if they go into Jacksonville and lose. So uh, I'm interested to see what that game has to offer. I'm going to go the other way. 
I'm going to go with the Panthers and the Bears on Thursday night football. No, no. Because I think this game defines what Thursday night football is. (laughs) Nobody would watch this game if it was on at 1 o'clock on a Sunday. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody would. So we're going to put it on Thursday because we know we've got enough degenerate (laughs) fans like us who are like, that's football. I need my fix. I'm going to turn this on instead of, like, watching some crappy Mac game or whatever else is on, like, ESPN 3. So I'm, I'm with that one. Panthers and Bears. Be shitty. All right. Let's move on from the NFL. How about our pumpkin spice fall hot shots, our hot takes from around the sports world? And we will start near home. Let's get nuts. This week, the Ohio State Buckeyes were losing to Rutgers in the third quarter, and they gave up 232 yards on the ground before locking up a 35-16 win. Are the Buckeyes still the number one team in the playoff rankings come next week? Yeah, I think they are because they ended up winning what 35 to 16. Like it it looks good when you look back at the score. When you're watching the game, like, oh God, these guys are not so good. So I think they are just because they're not gonna knock them down having gone on the road and won convincingly in the last half of the last quarter. <laughs> I love how Phil assumes that like the the playoff committee is just like reading like the recap on ESPN.com and none of them actually watched it. They're like, oh, 35 16, good win, Buckeyes. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> I, yeah, I still think they are. If Rutgers was five and two going into this game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. And I don't think they were ranked though. They're yeah. still five and two, so that's Jeez. Come winning on, culture. Man. Winning culture. Have, <laughs> I look this up. Second in the nation against the pass, Rutgers. So not as bad as you guys think they are. It's nice to see the Buckeyes down the first time, down at half, and then come back to win. Uh, I thought they did okay, but like they're again, I say this every they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> they're winning. So uh I don't see any reason who would who would jump them to become number one. Well, I, I think that is the rosiest possible view you can give I'm of that giving game. It, absolutely. For sure. I, I hope the committee is doing their same research that Chuck is because <laughs> I think you you want to see them have a convincing win from beginning to end. You don't want them to be losing like nine to six um, in the third quarter, the way that they were and Rutgers was driving. So uh, I don't know, Buckeyes, that that wasn't like a great, great win. In my opinion, Uh, I guess they probably still will be number one because it's, you're right. It's hard to knock them out when they win. Moving on NBA season, as we've kind of talked about already is about two weeks in. We've actually had the in-season tournament start early season NBA surprises, good and bad. What have you seen that surprised you in a good way or a bad way so far this season? Good first or bad? Good news or bad news first? Whatever you want, buddy. Whatever Still, feels right. I'm going to I'm gonna go with the good news. Uh, the Spurs took two of three from the Suns, and Webinyamu yeah. looks like he could play. He's averaging over 20 points a game. Uh, the bad is the Grizzlies are 0-6. Not only that, the Jazz, the Kings, and the Suns are all under 500. We may be overreacting. It's very early in the season, but what is going on out in the West that teams that I think are playoff teams aren't playing that well? That's my good and bad. Well, I'll start with the bad because it was the same thing. It was the Memphis Grizzlies. They're Owen, they they won over 50 games last year, and they're 0-6? Like, this is – that's not good well, at I all. I mean, Jazz suspended, and their center got hurt. 
Did, so did, they're they're missing two starters. All of last year, I think he was suspended for a big chunk of last True. year too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah. continues yeah. to get yes. in his own way, and yet they bit. won fifty some games last year. So I, I'm just surprised that, and I guess take that away. I'm surprised any NBA team is over at this point. Right. In, yeah, in you're right. Season. Yeah, you're right. Zero and uh, six. So yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Now, surprise good from a team perspective. This might be bad for the Cavs, but surprise good. And it's not a huge surprise because we think they're a good team. But finally, Philly seems to be playing to like their level of what everyone assumes they are. I think they're six and one. They may have one loss this year uh, where in past years they can't get out of their own way. At, uh, and again, it's early. It's early. Uh, and then a surprise good player would be uh, Chet Holmgren. That that kid is what we want Mobley to be, right? Like he's he's playing really well for a 500 OKC team after he he missed all of last year because of an injury right like that was yeah he was out so this is technically his first nba yeah. year uh and he's really showing out man he looks good yeah he does and they get him this week that'll be another fun one to watch uh, i'll start with the bad i'm going with the suns coming into today they were able to win a game today but they had a three game losing streak coming into today and in order to beat detroit they needed kevin durant to score 41 and i think that age maybe getting to Kevin Durant a little bit like I'm not sure you can expect him to kind of pour in points like that on a consistent basis anymore he's still awesome he's still Kevin Durant but he ain't 41 a night Kevin Durant anymore and so maybe although it's still early and we don't want to overreact and we'll throw all the other disclaimers out there that we can maybe this Suns thing isn't as good as everybody thought it was going to be when they landed Beal on the good side how about the New Orleans Pelicans four and two and Zion Williamson, healthy and skinny for the first time in like four years, is averaging 22 and six right now and, and just absolutely killing people. It would be fantastic if that guy could kind of get his career on track and stay healthy and be the dominant player everybody thought he was going to be when he came out of college. So that's my good and bad for NBA surprises. All right, last thing. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a photo – cruising around the internet today of a dinner from last night with Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes and Sophie Turner and Gigi Hadid all went out to dinner together. So I get that we think T Taylor Swift is great for Travis Kelsey, but in the end, isn't Brittany Mahomes really the biggest winner right now? Yes, absolutely. She gets to hang out with uh, the lady of Winterfell. That's fantastic. Sansa was there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. As long as Patrick Mahone's brother wasn't there, everybody's winning. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good point. But yeah, sure. Like, well, you're you're Britney. Are they married? Yeah, there's Brittany Mahomes. If you're yeah. married oh, to yeah. the one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and all of a sudden your new friend is the most famous woman on the planet, yeah, things are going pretty well for you. Like, listen, Brittany Mahomes was wife of superstar NFL quarterback, famous already. But that is nothing like number one pop star in the world, queen of the north, supermodel, famous. Like that's just not the same thing. Uh, and so she is definitely, uh, she is definitely winning in this thing. So good on her and everybody else, I guess. All right, fellas, we are going to wrap this up. There, we'll take our last break. Come back off the field and talk some TV. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field and welcome to From the Land Small Screen, our look at what's happening in television. Because of the actors and writers' strikes, there hasn't been much happening in television. The writers' strike ended a few weeks ago, and there is good news coming out of the actors' strike 
and that may also be coming to an end. Over the weekend, the studios made their last, best, and final offer during a Zoom meeting. From a purely negotiating standpoint, last, best, final offer, good move, or overly dramatic? Overly dramatic. Because what happens when that's denied? They're going to have to come up with another last, best, final <laughs> offer, right? All right. I do like the terminology. Maybe if you're like buying a used car. Not so much when you're talking about billions of dollars in television <laughs> film industry. So it's tough to hardline anything when there's that much money on the line. But I, I appreciate that verbiage. I'm going to use it with, hey, last best final offer. No, she didn't. She doesn't like it either. Well, you didn't make her any offer. You gave her no terms. She knows what I meant. We all know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say you never want to. In any circumstance, especially yours, Chuck, you never want to <laughs> lay it on the line there that this is the best it's going to get. Like, I'm not going to deviate from this a little bit. And considering probably how many things they were negotiating, I've got to think there's a million different things that are getting discussed that go into like a collective bargaining agreement like this. What, what if like the actors want something like really small, you know, like more cheese in our trailers like during filming or something like that you'd be like no we made our last best and final offer i also like that it happened over a zoom meeting like you've got like the most powerful studio heads like in the country and they're all like just in like a box like we are right now <laughs> it's like okay this is it last best final offer uh that in and of itself probably good tv but until this deal is done which it is not as of our recording tonight and presumably for at least a while afterwards there's probably not going to be a lot of new stuff to choose from on TV. So obviously with no new stuff out there, we're all still watching TV and stuff like that. And so the natural place to go is to watch old things that you've seen before or, you know, we're on when we were kids or we we're growing up or something like that. So starting point, what do you think makes a great rerun? Could be a few different things. One, duh, if it's comedy, do those jokes hold up or does it feel dated? Because sometimes I, I will peruse an older show that I thought I loved. And I'm like, no, this is, this is terrible. Um, if it is drama, something along those lines is the acting fantastic is the script writing. Fantastic. Uh, those make good reruns. Or is it something that just is there as comfort? Usually those are comedies, something like Seinfeld that I literally have seen every episode at least two dozen times. And I never get sick of them. In this day and age of streaming, it, it really it really moves the goalposts a bit, right? Because we get to choose. We get to pick something rather than, oh, what's what's on network television at nine o'clock tonight? Oh, it's an episode of Friends in the seventh season halfway through. Let's jump into that and see if it's any good. But that said, I, I think along those lines, I think what makes a good rerun is, can I just pull up a one-off? Can I pull up an episode of some show I've seen in the past, be it Seinfeld, be it Friends or Cheers, if it's a comedy or whatever, and dive into any episode during any season and be like, oh, this is entertaining. This is good. This is what I wanted. This is this is uh, my comic relief, uh, as opposed to what I tend to do, where I don't know that I could jump into a Game of Thrones episode mid-season somewhere. And be like, what the f is happening right now? Like, I, what came before this? Where are we going? Like, I don't know. Those kind of things. It's a lot, a lot of heavy lifting involved. You have to kind of start the series at the beginning. So I, I think a good rerun is the one-off. That's interesting because I don't know if that's how people are consuming reruns anymore. Or is it just you find an old show that you like and you start it from the beginning and right. watch it in order again? You know, because yep. you're right. You're not like just turning on the TV at eight o'clock at night, like what's on TV right now. So you're not so much watching the one offs anymore. My first thought was the characters. 
it always seems to be like the characters that I really like that keep bringing me back. And again, whether it's a comedy or whether it's a drama, like they're, the characters will continue to bring me back to like the Sopranos or something like that. A show like that, that I haven't watched or friends is by far the easiest one. The characters will always bring me back to friends or something about those characters watching year after year after year when the show was in its first run that I think brings you back for uh, the rerun. Which do you like watching more as a rerun, a drama or a comedy? Well, again, I think it depends on how you're watching it. Like, I'm really, really enjoying my second uh, round through Game of Thrones, like really enjoying it. But it's, again, you have to have a plan there and you start at the beginning and work all the way through it. And it takes three years of your life, at least. Right? Like, it's a, it's a, it's a long plan. game. It's a long game, not a, how do I feel in the moment? Let's pick up a, a show. So I, I think if it was short of that, short of something where you have that plan, I'm like, I'm going to rewatch this entire series. If I just want something different to watch on any given evening, I think I lean more towards the comedy. I could pull up an episode of Letterkenny. I could pull up an episode of Seinfeld. I could pull up and, and just laugh. And all right, this is, this is a good way to end my day by laughing. Yeah. For the reasons Phil ended with it's, it's comedy because there's something great about 21 or 22 minutes. And I know I'm going to laugh and I'm going to pick up on something I may have missed, depending on, or some jokes hit different now than they did then. Comedy seemed to be the easiest for, for the same reasons Phil just ended up like it's, it's nice that the last thing you're watching before bed, you're, you're enjoying and laughing about instead of being tense or nervous or scared. I think the comedies are definitely easier to rewatch because like in the dramas, you know, the bad shit's coming now. It's not like you're, you know, it's a surprise or something like that. Like, you know, Ned Stark's head is coming off when it comes off. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, like, you know, big pussy is getting hit when he gets hit. You know, so, I mean, those are those are stressful things to watch. You don't necessarily want to do that, man. You just kind of want to ease through your day and have a good time. Now, with that said, um, I've probably watched the entire series of The Wire like four times in my life. For whatever reason, that drama keeps keeps bringing me back i think i know the answer to this one but i'm gonna ask it anyway is there a show that you think you've rewatched the most compared to any others that are out there seinfeld without a doubt seinfeld absolutely yep three for three seinfeld for me as well thank god for my college roommate's little brother who didn't have any money our senior year to buy his brother uh, Christmas presents and sat down and recorded every episode of Seinfeld in order without <laughs> commercials onto VHS tapes for awesome. us. Wow. And it, it was like the first streaming service that ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> and it would suck. You'd, you'd lose four hours of a Friday afternoon, just like sitting around watching episode after episode after episode of Seinfeld and still fantastic. Still holds up. It's like a little nineties reruns. As you look back, which of these plot lines was more unrealistic? Dylan McKay on 90210 lived in a hotel room by himself when he was only 15 years old or Rachel falling in love with a paleontologist on friends. Which of those was the most unrealistic? Oh man, it's Dylan McKay. 15. I thought he was 32 on that show. <laughs> I mean, he was Luke Perry was 32. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. those guys started in high school. So that, that whole show is pretty unrealistic compared to, Hey man, you, you know, uh, scientists are sexy too. 
it's it's 90210 for a show that I used to appointment watch. Now, if I were to sit down and be like, this is absolutely asinine and I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could have thrown in like the Donna Martin graduates thing would have been another unrealistic <laughs> thing from 90210. I'm, gl- I'm just glad somebody else besides me watched that uh, throughout junior high and high Hell school. Yeah. That was a good show. I never quite got why Dylan was living there, but his parents were uber rich. So that's kind of somewhat believable. Um, I'm going with Rachel falling in love with Ross. Uh, We're in the process of rewatching Friends now, and there's just no good reason for her to be with him. Not just because he's a paleontologist, just because she's way out of his league. That should just never have happened. So without anything new on, are there reruns that you're watching right now? Yeah, so uh, I have a few different streaming services the one that i'm kind of watching tv on now it has bragging no i'm not bragging it has a number of 24 7 channels congratulations on all your success (laughs) Uh, so it has like it 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 runs the spectrum it has 24 7 alf 24 7 american pickers 24 7 melrose it has all these but what over this last week, me and my wife have been watching 24 7 letter kenny and that's my Mm. second time through right so it doesn't matter what season we're into. Like it is still really funny. Like it is oh, all right. so funny that um, like I, there's times where I, it's just like, I'm trying to catch my breath from laughing. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to say letter Kenny, at least this last week or so we've been hitting like one or two episodes a night and it's been fantastic. All of my rerun time has been sucked up by the <laughs> King and queen of the North <laughs> episodes are so long. and It's so good. So it's 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 been a lot of Game of Thrones recently during the strike. Like I've I'm entering season eight now. So I went from season two to season eight just in nice. this strike ridden wow. year. So yeah, I, I get a couple of those episodes in, probably three or four a week, really. Uh, and it's been really good. And so I've so because I'm coming toward the end of that, I've been thinking like, what should I do next? And I've been thinking about Letter Kenny and Ted Lasso. Like, do I go back? Yeah. Start from episode one and watch something that's not like game of thrones at all yes yes i do house of the dragon or succession why not all right uh, yeah, yeah you're right i gotta go naturally go into house of the dragon right it, there was an episode that i just saw in uh the end of episode or season seven i could not stop laughing and i was by myself watching this because the dragons were prominent i'm like jesus it took them forever to draw these things while I'm watching that episode i couldn't i couldn't stop thinking about your comment about drawing the dragons drawing the dragons yeah we just started last week rewatching lost which i think is one of the most creative tv shows that that came out i mean that was like early 2000s i think that probably started but it also has a lot of dumb shit in it so it's a it's a decent rewatch, but there's also times you're just like, okay, we, we didn't need this entire 15 minute plot line in this episode. It's unnecessary. And it kind of leads me to my my next question. A lot of these reruns, especially when it shows like from the 90s or the 2000s or the 80s, that you know, they were doing 20 plus episodes a season. Uh, and now it's far more common that a new show comes out and it's only 10 or 12 episodes. W- which way do you think is better for the show itself well I, i'm going to lean towards uh quality over quantity could you imagine if there were 25 episodes of succession every year like oh my <laughs> god <laughs> that would have been awful um i'm going to lean towards the 10 or 12 because i'm assuming especially when it's a really well written series 
you're getting quality there. You brought up Lost. I went back to see where I was in Lost and I saw there was like 24 to 26 episodes, each of them yeah. being an hour yeah. uh, in, in every season. I'm like, ah, I'm, not, I'm never catching up on this show. I think the way it is now from a quality standpoint is better. No, either way. Uh, I think what's happened is HBO has trained us to expect that 10 to 12 episode. And was the Sopranos really that cut episode yeah. seasons in half that you're waiting? Like, I got to wait a year and a half to find out what's happening next. Uh, so I understood that because HBO made legitimate actors think TV is cool, where it was kind of like a no-no in the 90s. Like, it was a no-no for, yeah. for, for movie actors to be on TV. They were, you know, they were slumming it to do that. Uh, but I also like... I can't remember the last network show I truly loved, you know, like it's just not my thing anymore, but like, I love lost. And there are times like it's lost is one of my favorite shows of all time. And yes, there's a lot of bloat to loss. You're like, this is kind yeah. of stupid, but what did they do every episode? They knew how to end it that you were like, I can't wait for next week. Cause that's yeah. how I watched it. The fact that the way we ingest television now is yeah. just, let's just, let's just run through everything. Like let's, the entire season of Stranger Things is up on Friday. I'm done on Sunday. There's times where I didn't mind, like, this is going to take me a good six months to find out what this season is because I have to yeah. wait for every Sunday or Thursday or whatever it is. But ultimately, quality wins out. So if you're asking me, do I want 12, 10 to 12 quality episodes that are a half an hour to an hour where it's just fantastic? Or do I want 26 where there are throwaway episodes like every fourth or fifth one? I would rather go towards the quality myself, but it's just... The way we've watched it changed so much in the last 10 years that it, it, that's a tough question. You know, that's tough for me to go because I really love so like I loved in its time. 90210, you couldn't get me away from the TV when that was on. And then I had yeah. to drive home to Solon. I was out in Chardon watching it at 10 o'clock. I'm driving home. Uh, so quality always wins out. But the difference is we live through both and we're embraced both where a, a generation now is just going to say, I want to watch it right now and I'll watch all yeah. 10 episodes and then be done with it. It's one of those things. It's there's, there are these shows that are so good that you want more. You always want more, but I, I think loss is the perfect example. Brilliant show, but there's so much dead weight every season that it it's, can't be compared to the Sopranos or a show like that, that was only doing a limited number of episodes. It's like a night, nice tight efficient storyline and stuff like that so i, I guess I, I like it better now just because it's probably better tv the good news fellas is there are some new shows coming out in november despite the strike you know what you don't need actors for reality tv <laughs> so tell me if you're forced to watch one of these which would you choose 007 road to a million Nine pairs of everyday people are unleashed on an epic global adventure through a series of Bond-inspired challenges for a shot at winning life-changing money. Um, Logan Roy hosts this one. Oh, yay. Next one, Love Island Games. See the Islanders dive into team challenges, couple showdowns, crazy dating dilemmas, and eliminations that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Next one, Squid Game, the challenge. This is the real-life version of the Squid Game that was on Netflix that was so popular during the pandemic. I don't think people die in it the way they did in that show. <laughs> Next one, Beat Bobby Flay, Holiday Throwdown. It's not what you think. It's a holiday-themed cooking show. Is none an option? Or do I have to pick one? No, you one have to these? pick one. You have to okay. pick one. 
there's often times where Beat Bobby Flay is on here. I don't know why. My wife enjoys that. I do not. I don't like any cooking shows ever. So I I liked Squid Game kind of, but now that you're telling me nobody dies, I guess I'm excited because I don't want to see actual death on television. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, but if it's some really hard challenge thing, I would I guess I'd sample it only because I'm waiting for a second season of actual Squid Game because I enjoyed the first one. But that that man, we're scraping the barrel here. There's got to be something better coming, but I'll go with the Squid Game. I'm going to go with the first one because if they're doing James Bond S challenges, people will die on television and we're going <laughs> to see it <laughs> like there. There's no way that that character should have lived through any of the movies that he was in. Uh, and when they start beating some poor bastard in the nuts with some rope, that's going to be awful, awful. <laughs> that was a bond <laughs> challenge. The bond challenges. That's that's going to get canceled after the first week. I think I hope so. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. I'm going with that one just because Logan Roy is involved in it and i hope they let him say fuck as much as he was off. during succession off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Off. yeah you're off the show that's how he ends it that's how he sends you packing that'd be great all right more good news is that there actually are some scripted shows coming out in the month of november which of these would you be interested in checking out monarch legacy of monsters it's kind of like a prequel series about godzilla and king kong and, and like other monsters like that, that's on Apple TV. Obituary, 24-year-old Elvira, probably no relation, writes obituaries. But when pay cuts mean she only gets paid per obituary, she takes matters into her own hands by going on a killing spree. No. That's going to be on Hulu. <laughs> no, no. Fargo season five, a Minnesota housewife whose hidden past comes back to haunt her when she unexpectedly lands in some hot water with the authorities. Fargo is on FX. Last one is Bookie, a dark comedy about a bookie fighting back against the possible legalization of sports gambling. Which of those sounds interesting to you? <laughs> I, the best of the bunch is probably Fargo because they have a they have the tracker. I mean, that's a good show. Every season is yeah, a, love a, Fargo its own character group, its own story, whatever. And they do a really good job with it. So I, I want to know how they circumvented the whole strike thing. Cause that's been a really good show. Yeah. I, I guess of that group, I would look forward to that one. I hate to tell it to the bookie guy, but that's a losing fight. Like gambling <laughs> legalization is, <laughs> yeah. it's going to happen wherever you're at. Uh, I have not watched Fargo, even though I've heard great things. I should probably watch that show. So I'm going to say Monarch. I have enjoyed most Kong movies. I've enjoyed Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, so if it's that kind of mis and I think John Goodman's involved and I liked him in whatever Kong movie he was in Skull Island. So I, I, I think if it's shot the way those movies are, I would enjoy it. So, uh, and I haven't watched Apple TV in a while, like not since uh, Ted Lasso's finale have I watched Apple TV. So I need to fire back up. The proper answer is all of them. I think they all sound fantastic. Uh, I, I'm interested in this obituary show. This lady, you know, she's God. killing people just so she can make money writing their obituaries. That's going to be interesting. Fargo's outstanding. I'm really looking forward to that. I have a feeling the way that they circumvented it was they probably shot that show like a year ago. And it just, yeah. it takes them forever to come out with it. So there actually are some good things coming out in November that will keep us entertained. And when we're not, we'll just be watching reruns. But fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And... We just did the whole show without mentioning that Cleveland's greatest athlete, boxer Logan Paul, is now the WWE champion. With that news, that Paul is probably the best fake two-sport athlete since AC <laughs> Slater. I hope you guys have a great week, and let's get together and do this again real soon.
<laughs> Absolutely. Saved by the Bell reruns. I've watched one this week. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. Oh, really? It was oh, awful. God. Oh, it's so, so bad. Can I ask you a fantasy football ethics question? I'll take fantasy football ethics for $500. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So I'm playing Chuck who I'm certain hasn't looked at his team and doesn't realize that his quarterback and his defense are on a buy this week because he's got Jared Goff and the lions. Um, I didn't look at it until like, it was probably like later this afternoon when I first was like, Oh shit, I should look and see what the fantasy scores are. Yeah. Um, Am I under any obligation to tell him, like, hey, you should try to pick up somebody from, like, the Monday night game so you can fill those spots? Well, here's what um, I – I don't know if you're under any obligation, but my thought was if he has someone on his roster that's playing in Monday night, maybe we, like, nudge him to at least substitute. Um, well, no, he doesn't. He's got he – um, his the quarterback that he left on his bench was Watson, and he had, like, oh. 46 points. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! I had in my other. No, 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 no. It isn't. It is in ours. Yeah, it's in ours. I, I had C.J. Stroud start today for me. Oh, that's awesome! Holy cow! Between him, between God, how him, many points did he have today? Seventy-seven point eight. It's a lot of completions. Yeah, <laughs> he threw for four hundred and seventy yards and yeah, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. That's like uh, and some of them were like long too. Year. So it's like, oh yeah. That, that's like a looks like a fourteen point play when it's all said and done. Yeah, like he, Chuck. Hi, Danko and I have just finished a fantasy football ethics question discussion. Okay. Um, I need to tell you that y- you're playing me this week, uh-huh. and Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions uh, are on a bye. Yeah. So those guys have got zero points for you right now. So I, I felt Phil told me that he thought I should probably mention it to you so you can add somebody from tomorrow's game. Whoever the fucking it's the Jets and the Chargers, Zach Wilson. Right? Zach Wilson's available, man. Go pick him up. I would I, Chuck pick him up for the game for the day. I've I've watched a few. Um, it started a couple weeks ago. It was making the rounds on TikTok and it was on Twitter. But the drummer from uh the red hot chili peppers there's a a whole series of videos of these drummers and they just play these guys the the vocal track for songs they've never heard and they like they take little notes and then they play it and then they kind of compare to what the actual drum track is but the guy from the chili peppers is the best because they do 30 seconds to mars it's my favorite 30 seconds to mars song and he absolutely like he's dead on to how the song is drummed in the original the one but I find it hard to believe because I don't know if it's the Megadeth drummer, but he had never heard Mr. Brightside. He's like, I've never heard this song. And he just hears the vocal track and then he tries to play it. So, But I I, I take for granted how great musicians really are. Like you're yeah. saying, Nora oh, Jones yeah. just goes, okay, I can play this. Yeah. 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 So there was a... Boy, the internet has everything. 
Everything is on there. I, I watched Phil Collins do something like that on the internet this week. Yeah. Like, Phil, like he was playing the drums. He just nice. like picked up a song. Yeah. I'm like, all right, that was Glad he's cool. playing the drums. I thought yeah. he had some real neurological issues. It could have been yeah, an old yeah, video. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> it was the Yeah, internet, it's from but, uh, 82. But... Guys, guys <laughs> yeah. underrated. He had a full head of hair. I don't know. No, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did not. He did not. <laughs> um, uh... Conan... Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, two thousand four. I don't know. Yeah. I think Heroes came out the same time, and I was. God, I loved Heroes. Heroes. Yeah, I was oh. into Heroes, and that got really. I see. I didn't watch that either. Yeah. Oh, the first bad. season of Heroes is so great. So good. Yeah. It was the same yeah. kind of feeling of lost. Like, yeah. This is yeah. so different and so enthralling, and then it just went off the rails, and I can't even tell you how it ended. Or I don't know ended. that I finished. It yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah, I did yeah, either. Right. Yeah. That's a shame heroes man i haven't thought about that in a long time yeah that was a good good yeah, show it was for really the first good season yeah. or two maybe maybe yeah. the second one was okay but a lot a lot of good actors came out of that too um, yeah zachary quinto and, mm-hmm. and then the Hayden. guy the, the milo milo ventimiglia yeah. or whatever the yeah. Is, yeah oh yeah uh, rocky's son rocky's son <laughs> and then he was the dad in the show that was yeah. super popular this is recently this is, is that us. the yeah. la- like I, whitney watched that i never watched it uh, she was watching on netflix is that the last like network television show that people cared about maybe i'm trying to think of any like boy it might have been yeah because that people wasn't really loved that show um yeah. yeah man we watched the i think we watched the first two seasons of that pretty religiously and then it just got to be like when it gets to be like too melodramatic for my wife, like there's no way anybody <laughs> should be watching it. Like it got to a point where she's like, she's like, this is too stupid. This is like too emotional. Like, um, that was it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, does Sons of Anarchy count as FX? Well, does it's FX not count? Television? Because, no. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're talking like FX ABC, talking NBC, about, yeah, NBC, yeah, Big yeah. Three, Big Four. Yeah. God, do they even put out like good? Man, that's a good question. About, that, yeah. So twenty four was obviously a huge one. That was a huge. But that's one. way before. That's before. I was still in grad school. When yeah, that that's came before. Out. Yeah. yeah. First, first few seasons of twenty four were outstanding. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was um, that was a really good show. I want Stefanski's sweatshirt. How do I get this sweatshirt? It's a great one. Right? The minimalist like the, Nike swoosh. Yeah, the Nike swoosh and orange. Small. I thought the I same know, thing. I man. Like, he's, he's That's a good sweatshirt. all the cool gear again. I wonder if like, his wife makes it for him. I was like, <laughs> it's not for sale anywhere. She's just like this awesome seamstress. <laughs> she makes all his gear for him. <laughs> but she does an awesome job and is employed by <laughs> yeah. Nike somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she just like. She just like puts the swoosh on there. <laughs> all right, let's leave this on a high note. I'm pretty tired. This yeah, all right. time change thing is getting it's to really me. screwing you up. It is. It's, it's been I dark it. for like eight hours. I guess it. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> all right, well, all right, dude. Happy winning Sunday, fellas. Yeah, yeah man. Go Browns. Go Cavs. Good, good yeah. Sunday in Cleveland, Ohio. Logan Paul. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> three for three. <laughs> All right, boys. All right, brothers. Have a good night. Have a good one, guys. Love Love you guys. guys. See ya.
funny like a clown near the museum. 